Welcome back to Bold of You to Say. We're back to talk about a lot of things. Uh, this episode was just kind of um, just a fun kinda, one. Yeah, just kind of really... talking about things that we like. Um, we went we'll have... over CRISPR a bit at the beginning. Yeah, talked a about the of... ethics of, of genetic modification. Talked a bit about <laughs> PS5 scalping. Um, and then we'll after that, it's stamp. just Spider-Man and Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, our two favorite topics. Our, our, um, our talk a little bit about Back topics. to the Future. Oh, yeah, that's right. Time travel yeah. and why it sucks. Yeah, time travel sucks. Fuck time travel. Fuck time uh, anyway, travel. all those topics will be listed out with timestamps down below so you can skip to whatever topic you'd like. Um, remember to subscribe, like, leave a comment. Leave a comment with a uh, suggestion for whatever else you want us t- uh, to talk about in upcoming episodes. We will ignore them. <laughs> but... Um, no, we also, won't. Also, we'll, to we'll that one person that's really thirsty in all of our comments... I don't it's know not who even one person. Are. It's not even one person. It's like a a, 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 a a large number of accounts that just leave thirst comments and porn links. It's like I don't get why you do it. YouTube removes but, them because they're obvious like virus links, but still like you it's know, weird. I just want to yeah. know. I just want to know why. But are you doing okay? Yeah. Just. just if you need someone to talk to, like, find a therapist. Like, d- don't come to us because we're not licensed yeah, please and we don't stop, know you. Please also, stop you keep commenting on our us. videos, so we are biased against you. But anyway, yeah. Um, we have nothing against people getting help. It's just we aren't the people you should be asking for help. Unless it's about Star Wars lore. Yeah, if you want to know about Star Wars lore or Spider-Man lore, we are the people to come to. But ben 10 lore. <laughs> ben 10 lore also. Actually, hit up Kira the Artist if you need help about it. Ben 10 lore, because he knows more about it. We use him as a source. And for everything else, talk to us, because I, I think yeah. we've uh, absorbed enough media. Yes. This anyway. isn't bold of you to say anymore. It's just the lore <laughs> podcast. Yes. Um... Speaking of bold of you to say, on with the show. Hell yeah. Wait, I'm just going to talk about my first impressions and PC shit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell the audience um, about your PC experience so far. Now, Jared, to start off the show, why don't you tell me what it's like being a part of the PC master race? I gotta admit, it's kind of frustrating most of the time. Like, uh, I spent most of the night last night trying to fix a bunch of files for uh, Skyrim modding to work. That was was an experience. Let me tell you, you ever had it to where you just spend like four hours of what was originally going to be the time you sleep? To be honest, to to figure out. That's part of why I never got into modding. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, what's the point of having Skyrim if you're not going to mod it to holy hell? That's why I don't play Skyrim. My boy. How, how can you have a PC and not have a copy of Skyrim? <laughs> I don't know. I just never, um, I just never got into it. Like a lot of like single player games, it has to be something that I'm already into, you know? Yeah, no, I know like, what you mean by that. 
Smart. Yeah, like to get into it, I, like there there has to be something that I can like latch on to as like a point of interest. Like the Fallout games, I was able to get into those because of like the of radio the stations. The yeah. the music slaps. <laughs> Some of the best hits of the the nineteen twenties. Want to set the world, the world fire. on fire? Nah, best one's Butcher Pete. Oh, that's a good one. He's hacking, he's wagging, he's slashing. That's a he's that's hacking, a really good one. Another one. Um, Shop demo. Grandma plays the numbers. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That one doesn't get as much love as the other ones. I yeah, don't think everyone... it's even on Spotify. Like it's on Spotify, but it's not available on Spotify. Yeah, I always hear everyone go on and on about ones like uh, Wanderer or uh, yeah, Wanderer is like the Rocket Fallout 69. song. It's Wanderer like, is good, but it's like you can only play it so many times, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. The Fallout song, and I'm going to get flack for this, is from New Vegas, and that's uh, Big Iron. Uh, yeah, is, I never played opinion, much of New the, Vegas, so I don't think I've heard that one. It's a lot of like folky kind of country swing. It, I don't know what genre it is, but it's old. Yeah, I think it might be blues, but it that that music though, that song, Big Iron on his hip, that fucking song is, in my opinion, the 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 song you hear, you just think Fallout. That and um, uh, Adam Bomb Baby, that's another good one. Yeah, that one, that one is definitely like the vibe I want from Fallout Four. Yeah, the uh, I so Fallout Four, um. Fallout 4 was the first one that I played in the series because oh, um, I borrowed my friend's PlayStation 4 copy of it. Yeah. So like the songs from that, those are like the classics for me. Then I played Fallout 3 and then I tried to get into New Vegas, but I don't know. I just it's, it's like a combination of like not having the time for it and also having like a, a shit attention span. Yeah. New Vegas, you do have to like focus a lot on specific things, especially once you get like the midpoint. Because uh, at that point, depending on where you go, which faction you choose, you have to, like, deal with the sub-factions and stuff. And yeah. there's a whole bunch of different ways you can do that. Also, like, the atmosphere of it. I don't know. Just the whole, like, desert, like, aesthetic I, and, like, like the I brown Pip-Boy. The brown interface on the Pip-Boy. That's the, the poop brown interface. You can change that if you it. want. Yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's an option don't to like change to it. However, I don't know. I like to play it as the developers intended, you know? I feel you there. However, there is an option. Hear me out. Uh, it's very difficult to do it, but uh, if you look up a guide on your phone or something first before you do it, uh, get the Pimp Boy 3 billion. The what? The Pimp Boy 3 billion. In Fallout the New Pimp Vegas. Pimp Boy 3 billion. Yep. In Fallout 3 uh, New Vegas, there is a hidden unique pimp uh pip boy you can get from uh the shop vendor mick at mick and ralph's if you do a little unmarked side quest for him uh, it's very buggy and if you don't do the right speech checks and stuff it will fail there are so some how, that you in, have how, to fail and stuff it's how far into the game is this as soon as you unlock the strip so as soon as you get to free side and figure out how to get in the strip and there's like two main ways to do it you either help uh elvis presley and all his peeps 
or you just get like 5,000 bottle caps and you can buy uh, access to it. What I usually do is the uh, the Elvis Presley guy stuff because they're fun. But uh, I think I'm going to try that. I'll try yeah, that sometime. No, it is very difficult, but if you can do it, it is it it is by far the best pit boy to ever have. When you get it, it plays like uh, funky porn music for like the first time I you put it, it out. This is something that the developers put into the game. Yep. The Pimp Boy 3 billion. I love it. It is solid gold and encrusted in diamonds. I want that, but like in real life. <laughs> like that's something that's something I could carry around with me. You just whip it out real quick. Hey, lady, look at this. <laughs> it's my pimp boy three billion it might be three million i, I know it's bigger than three thousand though I, I think it's three billion though that's that sounds ridiculous enough for it but yeah i know it's, it's billion uh, it's mick and ralph's and you have to do a side quest involving uh overthrowing the emerita family which is like 15 minutes if you know what to do but uh the difficult part is though you have to go through everything the exact way they have it set up or else you will fuck it up and not get it. No pressure. Yeah, no. When I was doing it the first time, I had one save and I would have to resort to that constantly. Because it's it's just. Oh, to say it's a pain in the ass, my man, that's an understatement and a half right there. But it's worth it. That and the uh, a lot of the unique armors you can get, especially the. Uh, arcade family tesla armor it's enclave armor you can get after you complete uh the scientist guy arcade ganon's whole side quest but it is in my opinion one of the better sets of power armor and it's just it's just another one of those things where it's like too good man <laughs> it's too good but uh the pain in the ass part about that though is you have to find every single one of the enclave remnants and they can be tricky you have to resolve the issues that they have for example one of them uh just wants to go and kill everyone and you got to try and stop him if you stop it without bloodshed you can uh, i think that's how you get the armor you can also get the normal power armor which isn't as good but you know it's still a unique set of armor but to do that you have to kill the guy but if uh, but it's one of those like side quest things where it's uh, a faction you can recruit, but you have to build it back up. But yeah, no, fucking New Vegas. That's the shit, man. Yeah, my favorite part of the Fallout games is like you don't have to be good at at first person shooters to play them. Oh, yeah. With vats and everything makes it yeah. 10 times easier. New Vegas. No, when I was when I was playing Fallout 4, though, um. It was like my first experience with the Fallout games and yeah. I was um I was just playing through it and and I I it took me like an embarrassingly long time to figure out like how to use vats. Oh yeah, so I just were... I just kept dying over and over again. Oof. Uh, that's the thing that with Fallout 4 though, it's got the best first person mechanics in it. Every other one is worse. Yeah. Fallout 3 doesn't even have iron sights. That's how bad it is at times. But uh, New Vegas, though, that's Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 put together. So it's got the limitations of Fallout 3. 
but it's got a whole bunch of uh, like some of the funner stuff from Fallout 4. But uh, overall, though, it has more freedom of choice. So like, you know how Fallout 4, you had the four factions you could pick? Yeah. Uh, Fallout New Vegas also has four factions. The difference is, though, there's sub factions and stuff. And depending on how you you build the factions and stuff, it like, you know, it just it just changes how the ending plays out and everything. Like you still win every single time because, I mean, if you die, you lose. But uh, depending on which factions you have recruited to your side and everything like that, like changes who shows up and like what events you get to see and shit like that. So like if you get no factions, because the, the final fight is on top of Hoover Dam. Because that's where you are, you're in Nevada. Right. But uh, depending, if you get no factions besides the based faction, base faction on your side, I want to join uh, the based faction. The based faction. Well, get in line. <laughs> There's too many. It depends. You wanna you wanna have uh, a dictatorship, but it's like not evil. You wanna have that Rome, sounds, but there's more based. slavery. Uh, you want it to just be normal America, but it, now there's evil mutants everywhere too. Or do you just want to say fuck it and let the whole city burn? Honestly, in the Fallout universe, <laughs> it looks like the best option is to say fuck it. Uh, I I always go with Mister House. He's a uh, He's the dictator guy, but he's not bad. He's just kind of an asshole. He's a prick, definitely. Yeah. Isn't there but, one uh, where like the leader calls himself Caesar? Yeah, that's uh, that's the Legion. They're basically Rome, but with more emphasis on the slavery part. Uh, but they're uh, they're uh, they're an, oh, what is it? a dictatorship. So they're uh, an autocracy that's all about like you're free to do whatever you want. So long as Caesar is okay with it. But uh, Caesar's kind of a douchebag anyways. And like there's certain like religious shit that gets in the way. Like, for example, no technology. Like you, like all medicine has to be like healing powders and shit. However, uh, Caesar gets his own auto doc, which is a, uh, a robot designed to uh, perform surgery on you. And he just has that. No one else is allowed to use it. Only he is. Damn, I wonder if there are any real life parallels. <laughs> yeah. No, the Legion are my least favorite. I always hated them. Everything about them just screams obvious bad guy, but people keep picking them. It's I wonder like... if there are any real life parallels to that. <laughs> but uh, now it reminds me, though, a lot about like uh, in Skyrim, there's the Stormcloaks. And they're just racist. Like, like the whole conflict of Skyrim is uh, the Stormcloaks want Skyrim to be uh, only Nordland. They don't want any of the other races in it. And they got mad because uh, the Empire lost a big civil war between them and the Aldmeri Dominion. And the Aldmeri Dominion are all elves. So one of the things that they did is they removed the human god from the Pantheon. Who wasn't there until like the third era anyways so like you know that's that's a controversial topic in skyrim but uh so they're like oh there's no human god it's only the elven gods and then like you know so basically the the whole conflict of skyrim is how racist are you and how much do you want to repress religion so 
Reddit atheists are always going to pick Imperials, and people that frequently visit r slash poll or dash poll or whatever it is are definitely going to be Stormcloaks. God, I remember when I was a Reddit atheist. <laughs> I, I wasn't that bad. I was on Facebook, and I'd, I'd say things like, God's not real and stuff like that. No, that's that's me, though. I, I was on Google Plus and then Facebook. I was never oh. on. I was never on Google Reddit Plus. during my Reddit atheist phase, but I was a Reddit atheist. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you there. I I wasn't that much that bad. I was definitely going there, but I wasn't that bad. Like that a lot of my hot though. takes were kind of were kind of cringe. Not gonna lie. <laughs> That reminds me, though, where is the neckbeard representation in Hollywood? Oh, it's the uh, it's the background guy. Uh, I was I forget his name, but uh, the guy that's an extra in every movie. The one that's a really bad extra because you always notice him. Yeah, because he's in every movie. He always overreacts to. I love him so much, though. (laughs) That man gets more money than all of us combined and people are like look at this asshole he's look at how bad he is it's like yeah but also who's getting paid three trillion just to do this it's like everyone hates him and that's why people like hiring him and it's just god to to have that life oh it's beautiful no, um, I was watching this video with Haley the other day about like the idea of like talent belonging to the beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's just like a breakdown of like um, society's like bias to to only accept talent if it comes from a beautiful person, like a traditionally beautiful person, like you know oh, yeah. Ariana Grande, etc. Like. You know, there's no like ugly singers, and then when it does happen, like um, like on America's Got or uh, I think it was Britain's Got Talent, like ten years ago, there was this woman that went on, and she was like not traditionally beautiful, and she was like a bit older, but she could sing. Like she had like the most beautiful like Broadway level uh, voice. She and she became chops. like an international sensation just because she was like a air quotes ugly looking singer. And I don't yeah. like to call people ugly, but that's like that was like the general thing, you that, know, that, that but it's brings like brings up another point, though, about like how America's got talent and stuff, like how it's so pandering to like uh like okay, look at the America's Got Talent winners. Tell me, how many of them are can, are like ugly, disfigured, or homeless children? Yeah, honestly, like America's Got Talent is a whole other issue. But um, this video though, like even when it was talking about like in the past, like so this this video like did like a breakdown of when society um went towards this direction of only accepting talent from beautiful people. Um, this guy was talking about how like in the past like decades ago like in the you know 60s 70s around then people were primarily listening to music you know just on its own as music like with you know through the radio or on records so they weren't watching the people yeah they weren't watching the people 
that were performing the music. So you'd have more like, I guess, regular looking people. And the guy was like talking about how like, yeah, you know, back then there were there were people that didn't fit the traditional beauty standards and he was showing like David Bowie and Queen and the Rolling Stones, some mm. of the most fuckable people to walk this earth. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I mean when there's no like uh, there, where is the neckbeard representation? Where is the representation for the truly horrific looking people in our society? Yeah, no, I feel you there. Where's my representation, Hollywood? You in fuckers. every in every Hollywood movie or like, you know, every you know, general Hollywood thing. Whenever it's like, oh, we're representing um, the non traditionally beautiful. It's still like the 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 most air quotes non traditionally beautiful they'll go is like quirky girl next door level. Yeah. Like, like a girl with a little bit of chub on her, like barely any, but still fuckable. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, that's that that girl's ugly. She's got a slightly crooked nose, like, like plus sized model is like the most they'll go in that direction. But they're yeah. still a model, you know? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. A lot of that stuff is just so... It's either fuckable people or disfigured people that you see in Hollywood. Yeah. Or like, like in this, movies. And, and even then the disfigured people... For like the disfigured roles. people are like fuckable people in makeup. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, there are some I'll... exceptions, like American Horror Story like actually has actors that... Um, I don't, want to say dis- I don't want to say disfigured because that's like kind of offensive. And honestly, I get it because I wouldn't want to be called disfigured. Yeah. Whatever the word is, I I don't know it. Uh, but yeah, that's what they hire for American Horror Story for, for one example. You know, there's no good real good word for it. Every word that I know for that is either like malformed, disfigured, just shit like that. There's no other word. Yeah. Beautifully I challenged. I understand them not like wanting to be called stuff like that. Because I would yeah. not want to be called disfigured if I had like a massive scar or if I was like a burn victim. Because yeah. honestly, they're like that through no fault of their own. It's even worse um, for them that have like genetic abnormalities. Yeah. Like, uh, like the guy that's super tall. It's like, yeah, like people that were in the freak show, you know, uh, not the real one, not the sing along one. Right. The, the greatest show, the, the greatest showman, that movie made up of entirely fuckable people. Yeah. Like Zendaya Zendaya's in the freak show. Yeah. I want to know what her, cause she's good at acrobatics. I think. Yeah. I guess I guess I should be in the freak show. I'm good at eating. <laughs> like you want Ugh. you want a show with some like gross freaks? Fucking, you know who the real freaks are? Keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, the corporations, oh, man. No, like corporations hijack all these like social justice things to like virtue signal and be like, look at how great we are by our product. 
Yeah. Like, they always do that. Like they'll they'll latch on to whatever movement, like whether it's like gay pride or 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 whatever. Um and they'll just make it about them. Twitch. Um, I think I told you about this. Twitch um is has taken away the ability for streamers to do a blind run through of a game. You can't because tag your video as a blind run through. Yeah, because it might be offensive to blind people, I guess. I saw the d- biggest dumbass ever. This is an old conversation. And if that person's listening to me, I really hope that you've changed. If that person is listening, yeah, go fuck but, uh, yourself. No, <laughs> but kind of, yeah. No, like, we this love is you. Their, I actually this don't know is, who uh, is. an actual argument I had on Twitter. And it was someone, uh, someone had posted. Hold on, is this someone that we know or is this a random person? That's a random person, someone online. Okay. So in case that they do follow us, which is astronomically low. When this show blows currently. up. Yeah. But this, this fucking jackass was like, like the, okay. Uh, let me start from the top again. Cause I'm, I'm not wording things correctly. So this person, this other person, the patient zero of this event was uh just a famous guy on Twitter. He reposted a thing and was like, oh, hey, look at this cool thing that they're doing at hospitals now. And it's like uh, doctors have are trying to figure out a way to cure blindness before the baby's born and shit. And they think they found a way or something. It was something like, that. oh, I think I know where this is going. And some fucking asshole just started ranting in the comments about how that's that's inhumane and stuff like that how removing blind people is just as bad as hitler and it's like i know some blind people like i've talked to them before like i've met people who can't see and you want to know something that they usually say at some point like if like god i wish i could see yeah (laughs) it's usually like oh yeah here's a fun life where you can't experience most of it yeah it's like 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 the best the... case scenario for if you're blind is if you like become daredevil yeah but other than that it's just or or you or you were uh you could see but then you became blind because at least at that point you can still understand colors and stuff yeah at that point you can at least remember fondly what things looked like oh, but God, like that most just reminded people, me of it's um, just that just reminded me like i i don't remember like who i heard this from but there was like this this job interview or like this this online like like job uh application and you know how they have like questionnaires on them sometimes yeah one of them was like how would you describe the color yellow to a blind person oh god yeah the easiest way i can describe the color yellow is uh warm but also exciting yeah i mean that's not bad i mean i guess as color descriptions go that's not the worst but I mean, i'm sorry uh go on with the with your story oh yeah so it's just it's just everyone just started trash talking that person and then they just started blocking people saying that uh that we were the racist homophobes and all this other shit no one ever mentioned any of that stuff by the way there were a couple of trolls but they were already like you know well off on their own side but it was like about a good 10 people commenting on her thing saying like, no, this is actually a good thing. And she's like, you all just want eugenics, you horrible humans. And it's like, God damn, I really hate being 
being around here. <laughs> See, there's a difference though between killing off a certain group, like and with curing, disabilities, uh, curing blindness. Yeah, like there's a difference between like killing all blind people and preventing people from going blind. Yeah. Not to this person, though. That's they're basically the same thing. <laughs> okay. Um, this reminds me. I, I'm sure I've told you about this. So Haley took um, American Sign Language um, in sophomore and junior year of high school. And um, she she told me about how, like, there's, like, this whole deaf culture um, because, you know, of course there is, if you have any group with a common, uh, denominator, um, whatever it is, they'll, you know, form their own culture, whether it's based on race, religion, whatever. Uh, in this case, they have a, a deaf culture. Uh, they, all these deaf people that have like, I mean, they don't have like their own holidays or customs or anything, but you know, they, they keep in touch, you know, um, for a second, I thought you were saying death no death death like culture death cultures like what the fuck are we going on no now? that's a that's a cult yeah that's just a cult. that's what we have <laughs> yeah, yeah no, so they have like, like the whole they have their no, whole thing yeah so there's like debates that go on uh and this is like an ongoing thing about like these uh so there's procedures that you can get as a baby if you have deaf parents and you're gonna be deaf like if it's a genetic thing they can like I, I think they can give you like an implant um that will like allow the the baby to be able to hear and they'll grow up being able to hear as opposed to being deaf. And some parents forego that because they don't want to like erase their deaf culture. And also like that excuse, like that reason total bullshit i don't agree with that at all just yeah, to start off with but to... also there there are valid reasons like not being able to afford it and if you are a deaf parent raising a hearing child you will have to like shell out money for like a tutor to teach your kid how to like you know talk um yeah and you know just you know be able to like teach them stuff like verbally um, so I understand cost being a factor. Honestly, it shouldn't be. Um, I've said this before. We should have a Medicare for all system and it should cover stuff like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. A hundred percent, man. Now that out of the way, if you can, af if either you can afford it or it's being covered by insurance, or if you're in another country, if it's covered under your single payer system, you can't not allow your child to hear. Yeah. It's like, in my opinion, it's like, and there's if, a complete difference between that and actual eugenics. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like I can understand if people were saying, I mean, who wouldn't want to erase deaf, uh, blind people from the world? Cause that can be taken a thousand different ways. And most of them are bad, but like, yeah, you got to be clear about that stuff. The idea of making it to where ailments like losing an entire sense can be both like cured and entirely removed. Yeah, 
And like, that's part of the whole CRISPR debate too. Yeah. Like there's like, like CRISPR, the the like genetic altering thing for anyone in the audience that doesn't know. CRISPR, it's like an acronym. I don't remember what it stands for, but it, it's basically this form of technology where you can alter the genes of your baby or of a baby um, to like give them certain traits and and there's debates around whether you should be able to alter certain things like should you be able to make all babies white is this the cat girl shit that people were talking about like china's weird genetic i think this was involved in some cat girl stuff like there's a tangential cat girl conversation amazing now i'm all down (laughs) for crispr in the sense of like we can use it to like you know not have all these horrible things in people like you know like brittle bones disease i don't know if you've heard about that but it's uh yeah it's a condition in which your bones are essentially just glass and they explode every time you fucking overexert them i feel like that's something that you know people wouldn't want yeah and there's yeah there's a debate around like what you should and shouldn't be able to crisper like what you shouldn't be able to change about your child um if you have access to that technology like yeah obviously you know being able to make all babies white like i said before that's that's a huge like nazi no-no area like shouldn't even be a conversation but no using crispr to create an ethno state is bad yeah sorry elon musk yeah but i mean I feel like there's a spectrum of certain things that CRISPR can do that's up for debate. Like, um, on one end of the spectrum, you have, like, being able to CRISPR your baby's race. That's on, like, the total, like, Nazi fascist side. Not up for debate. Don't do it. Then on the other side of the spectrum, there's, like, being able to... super soldiers. Yeah, well, there's the, the side where, yeah, like making super soldiers and i guess we can lump that in with like removing genetic defects not like what like i'm talking about isn't or making deafness. someone like the best version of something i mean like literally pro like going in and creating from birth uh just meat for the grinder basically i'd say that's more towards the center where it's like up for debate about whether that's ethically correct i um, think in my opinion I think like giving people the ability, like more, you know, strong suits. I don't know the the good word for it. I guess more yeah. perks to being alive would be cool. Uh, yeah. However, using it just to create an army of genetically modified super soldiers who will never have a childhood and only know war. That is a horrifying idea. And there's like a thousand different pieces of science fiction media that tells you why you shouldn't do that yeah <laughs> pardon me yeah like on on this on the uh the other side of the spectrum where it's like um being able to remove certain defects like blindness and deafness and other like disabilities like that i don't think that's up for debate that's a good as thing. much because yeah ev- like and like big asterisk like- by the way big asterisk but yeah children shouldn't have to be blind or deaf children should be able to grow up and live with the full abilities of the human body. I believe 
Oh, yeah. Now I think it's up for debate. Like, should you be able to do that if you have to pay out of pocket? No, that's that's what fucking... That's where it gets muddy. That's the big asterisk. The whole... Because should, should genetic disease and disabilities be exclusively um, relegated to the poor? Or should you be allowed to remove things like that um, if you have the money for it? There, yeah, there is a slight difficult part in there. See, if I had like... my way, um, CRISPR would be available for that purpose for everyone. Yeah. But then you gotta, like, you gotta deal with the whole, like, money side to it and all that yeah. shit. And that's, that's where the big fucking problem happens. Because, you know, Jeff Bezos ain't gonna fund that shit. Yeah, it would have to be, um... See, that's where it gets, that's where it gets tricky. Where does the funding come from? It would have to be coming from either the government or... Uh, a corporation i don't feel comfortable with a corporation funding you know genetic modification yeah i know because a lot of people like, aren't going to be on board with the government doing shit to their kids i mean let's just say let's just say hypothetically that um that elon musk was funding this right who's to say he can't kind of you know program people with the predisposition to want to work at tesla as opposed to amazon <laughs> Another way around if just if Jeff Bezos wants to do that. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh... And then if the government is funding it, then I mean, do you really want the GOP or the Democrats to be in charge of what's allowed for or what's on the table for genetic modification? Yeah, no, that's a lot of just. I'd say gray areas, but like. You're making this seem like there's no good good answer here because everything is. That's what just, I'm starting to think, honestly. No matter what we do, we are slaves. I came to into our this conversation overlords. a lot more certain. <laughs> it's, it's that doomer aura. It's got a hold on you too. Yeah, no, it's with, like genetic modifications would be cool if they were free. Uh, yeah, be, be yeah, a, that's the uh, only way that it should be allowed. To society. Uh, the problem is, though, uh, everyone that's in power is basically insane, and no fun will ever be had. Yeah. Well, anyway, shifting to a slightly lighter topic. Um, yes. <laughs> I wanted to talk about this a little bit. The uh, The PlayStation 5 um, has been scalped a lot. Like There's oh, God. this whole huge market that's popped up for scalping PlayStation 5s. Like specifically like, the PlayStation Five for some reason. It's because uh, <coughs> pardon me, the uh, the PlayStation Four was a big seller. It was one, it was one of the highest selling consoles of the previous generation. Now, yeah, and it seems to me uh, now I could be just hearing from only a specific subset of news sources or whatever personal bias, whatever. But it seems to me like the PlayStation Five is a lot more. Um, it's a lot hotter than the Xbox One or Xbox Series X. I know a lot of it also comes down to just like people, people's uh, preference and design. Yeah. Also, though, people like are Miles Morales, 
like the Spider-Man games coming out on PlayStation 5, that's a big boost because it's like what Xbox exclusives are there really for this generation? And I know Spider-Man isn't exclusive to PS5. It is available on PS4, but um, people really want it for PS5 if they can get it. Yeah. But it's like what what equivalent of that is there for Xbox? With Xbox, yeah, yeah. I and mean, it, it would have to be something that you can't get on PC. Yeah. No, it's it's difficult. It's like with Xbox, most of the stuff is just because of how cross play, like cross play and stuff like that. So it's usually just people who can't afford PCs. That's why I was thinking about getting a Series S up until I got the the new machine here. Yeah. Which, you know, PC isn't too bad. It's just, you know, frustrating and stuff like that. Some things. Definitely easier for a console. So I, I'd, I, I'd well, still console is more plug and play, but it still has other downsides like limited hardware, not being able to upgrade it, not yeah. being able to use it for anything other than games. Oh yeah, but even then, having to use still only a spending controller. a shit ton of money, even when you upgrade PCs. So it's like, what's but the then difference? When you, like, <laughs> I know I a lot know, of like, Xbox when you, things are keyboard and mouse compatible. It seems like they're trying to lean more towards just turning that into a computer. <laughs> yeah, that's what it. That's that's the direction it seems like it's going. With the but, Xbox um, Tower. Yeah, you got to keep in mind, though, when you're spending money on a console versus a PC, like when you buy a console, you're spending what, five hundred dollars every every few years Um, Mm. or you can spend eight hundred and have it last uh, up to like a decade. Yeah. Yeah, And just get like incremental upgrades here and there. And you still have a whole computer that you can do whatever you want with. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wanted that. to say I wanted to say though um to the listeners if any of you are the people scalping the PlayStation 5 die uh, die yeah horribly. fuck you you're awful you're the scum of the earth like I hate you personally if you are a PlayStation 5 scalper fuck scalpers all my homies hate scalpers except this time it's not a joke seriously fuck you guys yeah. I don't, I hate PlayStation usually, but even I am not a fucking cunt about like buying up all of certain things so no one else can get it. And yes, I'm gonna call them a cunt. I know it's a dirty word and probably the grossest word I could ever use they're on the podcast. But yeah, no, they're fucking cunts. And like a lot of them, they're not even like when they sell a PlayStation, they're not even selling the PlayStation. Yeah. I don't know how much you've heard about it, but a lot of these scalpers are listing um playstation 5s like on ebay and they're selling pictures pictures of a ps5 but you don't see that unless you like read the fine print in the description yeah so like you 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 think you're spending nine hundred dollars on or a a thousand dollars plus on a playstation 5 when you're really you're getting mailed a picture the game was rigged from the start I don't know if you heard about this this uh, specific story, but one guy spent nine hundred dollars on the PlayStation Five, and he got a cinder block in a PlayStation Five box. I I saw pictures on that, and it's just 
But I don't understand why scalpers are doing that. It's like after a while, they're going to build up a reputation of being a bad seller. Then like, it's just a horrible business strategy. He's going to work like the first week. But then like after you make like, let's just say $9,000 off of doing that because they only sold nine of them. After that, yeah. you want know what's going to happen? They're not going to sell anymore and you're still going to have a fuck ton of PlayStations that are just sitting around. Because who's going yeah. to buy from the guy that has had repeated instances of just sending people a fucking brick? Yeah, or even if you are like, by the way, eBay has buyer protection. So the any money that you make on it is going back to eBay because yeah. you sold a fraudulent product. But anyway, even if you are uh, air quotes legitimate scalper, like you're actually selling what you say you're selling. Yeah, like if and you, even that, it's still like you can get away with you. that for a little bit, but eventually PlayStation is like Sony is going to catch up with like having enough PlayStations in stock. So you're going to have a bunch of PlayStations. Like if you keep going with this business model that you've started, you're either going to have a bunch of PlayStation fives just sitting in your living room or you're going to have to sell them at a loss. Yeah. So anyway, in, in conclusion, fuck scalpers. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just like a lot of these scalpers are just some of the shit that they're doing and stuff. It's just I just don't understand yeah. it from a financial point of view, because it's like, what what are you going to do well, with very all the other lucrative. PlayStations? Like you spent five, like you spent 500 per PlayStation. You have 700 of them. And you can only make. Well, like, I don't know if anyone has that many of them, but there, there actually took out a loan. Um, there are groups that were started. There are groups where, like, it's basically like a, a like a, a mini mafia for scalping PlayStation. Micro mafia. Yeah, where it's like you join them and you like, I guess you give them money in exchange for like having access to Playstations, so you can like scalp them yourself or if you just want to buy one but I guess there's this whole economy built around it and it's disgusting so anyway I wrote this down because I remember you said that you wanted to talk about it um, I had I had this bullet point written down as fuck time travel oh yeah fuck now time elaborate <laughs> okay so a few nights ago we were playing Fortnite and uh I wanted to talk to you guys about a thing I saw in the most recent Back to the Future media thing, which, to my knowledge, was actually from 2010. I thought it came out recently because I didn't hear anything about it. But I fell down a rabbit hole of uh, of watching and playing the Back to the Future Telltale game. And... It's an amazing Back to the Future story. It's basically Back to the Speech, uh, Back to the Future Part Four, and it's fucking great. I love it. Everything about it's just just like a classic adventure, and it's it's just perfect. But there's a couple events in it that that fucks with my head. For example, uh, at one point in the storyline, like early on, Doc is put in prison. And you have to go and uh, like figure shit out and stuff like you have to like try and get him and like save him and shit. 
But uh, in doing so, you keep rewriting the future and stuff like that. Uh, so bad to the point that original Doc gets erased at one point and is replaced by a character called Citizen Brown, who is this like utopia fascist kind of guy. He's like he's like one of the guys from The Giver, where it's like, oh, it's uh, it's the uh, the perfect society. Yeah, but um, uh, as the like, <clears throat> pardon me, hold on, I'm gonna take a drink real quick. My throat's getting dry. Yeah, I remember you were talking oh. about how like at one point you have to erase his timeline. Yeah, at one point, because you're talking to him and you're like, we have to go back and fix the past so everything's normal again. Like, you're talking to Doc and Doc, like, he's a good guy at heart. So he's like, okay, I understand. We have to go and fix this. But when you actually go back in time and stuff, there's a there's a part where Doc, uh, where Citizen Brown corners you and he's like, Marty, I've been thinking about this. Uh, if we do this, my timeline's going to be erased. Like... Is that really a noble thing? Like, is it good for like, like, is this a good thing? He's like, basically, like, my timeline's going to be destroyed for what? So yours can live and stuff like and Marty's just yeah. completely OK with that. Like, he's going to genocide a thousand people. He's going to literally murder Doc. And he's just OK, because that's not his Doc. But it gets even more fucked because his Doc's already dead. Because the doc that saves him at the end is like a whole different character. And it's like, though, but like Citizen Brown, though, like actually fucking dies. Like he gets erased from time because, uh, uh, you know, Marty goes through and gets the shit that he wants done. And Citizen Brown's just like, I hope you're happy now, Marty, you fucker. And he's well, like fading out on, and shit. It depends on what your definition of killing someone is. He was erased from existence. Like there is a cut scene where like Marty is holding Doc in his arms and Doc's like actually like fucking dying. Granted, he was also hit by a car like a little bit before this. But yeah, no, he actually fucking dies and is erased from history. And then a new Doc shows up, which is uh, now this is even more fucky. Uh, the biggest thing that started this was Marty was just curious to see what how uh how doc would be when he was a teenager and so he winds up like actually like befriending old emmett uh old emmett brown yeah i know about that i know i know that much of the plot but here's the thing though with that because that happened and stuff it erased doc brown the original doc brown normal doc and made this other one who's basically the same as Doc, but he grew up with Marty as his friend. And he recognizes that. And it's just fucking yeah, insane. Yeah, that's weird. Because, <laughs> like, Doc's gone. He's fucking gone. Like, old Doc, yeah. he's, he's gone. Uh, Dr. Brown, uh, Citizen Brown fucking dies he's erased from history and he's well aware of it and he's talking to marty he's like well, you're gonna destroy my timeline so yours can live and stuff and he's just like he's just not having a good time about that because he knows what they're doing he knows what it is and it's just and then it got it got me to thinking about like all the times they changed the timeline marty's killed his entire family with no remorse well now like, that that depends on what your definition of killing someone is, because 
like with the example of Doc, he's not killing Doc per se. He like because when all is said and done, that Doc never existed. Yeah, and this now, new one always existed. Yeah, but Marty still has the memories of being with that other Doc and seeing how that Doc turned out and then watching that Doc die in his arms and then disappear from existence. I don't know. I feel like that's probably death. Like this person had an entire existence, like a, a whole timeline and everything, and Marty just thanos it. It's like, yeah, he mm. wasn't a good guy. He was kind of like a moral gray character. The main bad guy was his wife, but still. It's like that's an entire Well, you could make existence. the argument though. You could make the argument the other way where um because all these timelines um you know, essentially exist at the same time um ending like the the new timeline that marty creates right that yeah. exists in a in a theoretical sense and marty through the events that erase um fascist docs timeline citizen brown's timeline through the events of erasing that timeline he is saving this other timeline that e that exists parallel to that right so yeah. if Marty doesn't take these actions, that other timeline won't exist. So is he then killing that timeline and everyone in that timeline by not taking the action to to at to um erase this other timeline? And so who's to say that Marty isn't killing by your definition infinite numbers of timelines? By not taking the action to bring them into existence, isn't he? Uh, is he not killing infinite people by not taking the the infinite courses of action to bring them into existence? And that's why this is called fuck time travel. <laughs> yeah, fuck time travel. I I actually I wanted to talk about that too because I last week we talked about Ben Ten right. Yeah, and we went into a little bit about how messy the the timeline and the lore is. Um, I had no idea just how bad it gets because I watched another video by the Ink Tank. I will have the link in the description. Um, a breaking down all of the alternate timelines and dimensions in the the Ben Ten um, pantheon. It's yeah. just like. I don't want to go into the specifics of it, but basically like um, specifically talking about the timelines, there are like so many instances of um, of going back in time and creating a new timeline and like parallel timelines. Like remember how we talked about how the live action movie race against time isn't canon. Yeah. So uh, apparently that movie and Alien Swarm, the other live action movie, and I think the last episode of the original series, um, the one that ends with like, um, that the one that ends with like, I think Ben's parents finding out that uh, finding out about the Omnitrix and like them back in school, like that episode. That's those those three, um stories are all in their own self-contained alternate timeline and 
um Kuro the artist, the the guy that made this this video, he runs the the Ink Tank YouTube cha- YouTube channel. He did like a breakdown of all these timelines starting with timeline A um and then like counting off all the other alternate branching timelines. He got up to like um timeline R. That's how many alternate timelines there are in Ben 10. Fuck. And that's not even like the weirdest thing. So in the first episode of the original series, um, you see like the Omnitrix coming down from space, like a shooting star. It's, it's shooting down. And then it like, it, it like takes like a 90 degree turn towards Ben. Right. Yeah. Um, Was that because Ben hit it with a rock or something? It like is because timeline. Jared, you don't know the extent of it. So in Omniverse at one point, uh, per, uh, the, the, whoever the bad guy is, I don't remember. He uses some chrono bomb or whatever to destroy every universe in the multiverse, except for one. It is, it is the timeline where Ben doesn't get the Omnitrix. And Professor Paradox takes this alternate timeline, Ben, like outside of time. He takes him back in time through his own timeline, right? And then he gives, he takes the Omnitrix from Ben Prime, puts it on this alternate Ben. And he says, now go crash into that asteroid as Cannonbolt. And he does. And that that knocks the Omnitrix towards his younger self. And then that branches the timeline into what is referred to as timeline B in the ink tank video. So even from the very first episode, we are seeing an alternate timeline. Technically. I hate this. I hate this. In short. Fuck fuck time time travel. travel. I just so confused. Yeah. I I just see what I meant when I said that the lore gets weird. My brain it Alex I just time travel. I think that's a, a that's a good transition actually to our to <laughs> another thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, so to kind of branch off of that whole time travel alternate universe discussion. So I don't know how much you know about the, what's referred to as Spider-Man three, the, the new Spider-Man MCU movie. Oh yeah. Are they going to do time travel for that now? (sighs) I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're bringing back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire as like alternate Spider-Man what yeah it's like all but confirmed officially um so marvel and or sony i don't remember which studio put it out but there was this um i guess this promotional video that they uploaded and then immediately took down because they were like fuck this isn't public yet yeah um, I guess they they did some promo video that's like, what's your favorite Spider-Man? 
Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland. Well, now you don't have to choose because we got all three of them, baby. Uh. <sighs> yeah. And did you did you see that um, Alfred Molina, the uh, actor that played Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2, is coming back to reprise his role? Oh, he's reprising his role? I didn't know he was reprising his role. I knew he was coming back. I just assumed it was going to be a cameo. No, he's going to be Doc Ock in this new Spider-Man movie. Huh. Yeah. Now, I thought it would be fun to do kind of like a, a similar thing to what we did last week, where we give like our predictions slash kind of pitch our idea for what Spider-Man 3 will be. Oh, that's going to be awesome. I think because I know uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in it. Yeah, uh, I feel I like think it's going to be Ryan like Reynolds a... is also in it. I remember we mentioned I I think I mentioned that like a few episodes ago when we were talking about it. But let, let me let me double check. Ryan Reynolds is either confirmed confirmed for Spider-Man three or the new Doctor Strange. I think it's the Spider-Man one, though. I. So I think for this to work, though, we're going to also have to do a, like our theory on multiverse of madness, because I really think it's going to have a lot to do with what happens in that movie. Like, I think what's going to happen is uh, like uh, this new one, whatever oh, I forgot. It. Uh, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro also. So we're getting oh a, a villain from Spider-Man 2 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, we get to see Tooth Gap guy again yeah my favorite villain no but like i think what's gonna happen though is uh in the events of uh multiverse of madness something's gonna happen it's gonna fuck with the timeline peter's probably gonna get like cleared of he's gonna get his name cleared somehow or like they're gonna get sent to another timeline or some shit like that or or probably what is gonna happen is like time's just gonna break and Doctor Strange is going to have to try and fix that somehow. Yeah, it's probably going to tie into Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is in the next movie, it's just Doctor Strange helping Peter Parker fix that. Like, I got a feeling it's, like it's going to be like Spider-Verse, except, you know. Yeah, I like have a Spider-Verse of- light, I guess. Yeah, I have a couple of specific ideas that I think might happen, like to kick off the whole multiverse thing. Yeah. So, um, my like kind of vague, basic idea for like how it'll kick off is I think it'll start off with, um, Peter Parker, Spider Man. By the way, first of all, I don't know how they're gonna, uh, how they're gonna deal with the whole peter being out as spider-man that's why i think they're gonna solve it in multiverse of madness i think what's gonna happen is they're gonna just like when is multiverse of madness coming out before uh before spider-man oh it is yeah oh it's when you google it it still lists um it's still listed as a 2020 movie but now the release date is march 25th 2022 yeah. Um. And the new Spider-Man movie, I think, is coming out. In, it it is coming out next year. It's uh 2021. Oh. Yeah. Well, shit. Never mind then. Yeah. So I'm thinking that whatever causes the conflict in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness is gonna be 
set up in Spider-Man. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's probably going to yeah. be like Spider-Verse light then. Yeah. Let's say like uh so like whichever villain they get for Tom Holland's probably going to be one that's linked to uh multiverse shit and yeah. he's going to just fuck yeah. everything up for them. My idea, trying to think my idea was that um Alfred Molina um as Otto Octavius he there he could just be, you know, an alternate version of Otto Octavius in the MCU, right? And I thought maybe he's like spider he's peter parker's like professor or something or like a teacher at a special science school or whatever or you know he could just be a scientist like doing research but what if he's doing research into like quantum stuff or basically he figures out time travel you know it's similar to i guess what tony stark did but it's taking him a lot longer because he doesn't have all of the money and like a stupid level intellect yeah but yeah he figures out um time travel and it's similar to what happens in spider-verse where it like creates a rift in space-time i guess and then it brings in his alternate self as uh dr octopus and it brings in toby mcguire spider-man it brings in electro brings in Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and then that's how it kicks off. I don't really have any specific ideas for the rest of the movie. I just want it to be good, honestly. I mean, with the the track record for Spider-Man movies, it shouldn't be too bad. I know everyone says that the uh, the most recent one was horrible. I disagree. I loved it's it. It's good. Yeah. See, that's, that's just a, a habit that I have a problem with, like a greater thing that people do, where it's like, oh, if this isn't the best thing, then that must mean it's the worst thing. Yeah. Like if a if a movie is just good, then it's horrible. Like <laughs> like um Iron Man 3, it's it's just good. So that must mean it's horrible, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. A good film, are you kidding me? Those don't exist. You little you little rapscallion you. Yeah, and that that problem is prevalent not just in movies but also like like, you know, like we have a couple of friends that are very, uh, that have very high standards for VR. So anything that's not the thousand dollar valve index is horrible. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, and this isn't hyperbole, I think this movie is shaping up to be either the best or the worst Spider Man movie of all time. Just because of like how many risks they're taking and like just how crazy they're willing to go with it. Yeah. I'm you know, what if this is it? What if this is the time where it just it's just terrible? What if this is yeah, what if this is the one legitimately bad Marvel movie? It's just this is the Marvel movie that makes Thor the Dark World look like fucking Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I don't know. I think I I try to be optimistic about this stuff. So I I think I I think it's going to lean more towards the best Spider-Man movie side. Yeah. Yeah, what um so what do you want to see from this movie? Like what what do you think they should do like with the with like in general with the story and everything? Well, what I'm worried about with it 
is since they got two, they have a big plot point they have to deal with. Yeah. How, how do you think they should address the whole Spider-Man being outed thing? I don't really know, but it's at the same time, it's like they have to do something. They have to do that. something. Now they did a similar thing in spectacular Spider-Man. I, I mentioned this to you um, when we were talking about it, when we were talking about like Venom, I mentioned in passing that Ned Leeds was like obsessed with unmasking Spider-Man. Yeah. So that ends up happening. Venom outs Peter Parker as Spider-Man. And for like a couple episodes, it's like, Ooh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Um, Mr. Mr. Parker, are you Spider-Man? Oh, Spider-Man, are you Peter Parker? What do you say? have to say to the rumors? So Venom is the one that, uh, says Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They never actually unmask him, so they don't have definitive proof. Yeah. So, um, Venom and Spider-Man fight, and uh, Spider-Man ends up, like, unmasking Venom and being like, hey, look, it's Eddie Brock. Um, he's committed crimes and stuff. Should probably, like, take care of this guy. And he's like, oh, I'll get you, Spider-Man. Uh, I'm Venom. But like, he doesn't have the symbiote anymore, so he just he can't do anything about it. He's just so screaming, it's like, I'm Venom. Well, this guy, everyone in the media is like, well, this guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> so how can we... Uh, I mean, he... He he clearly can't be trusted, right? So then it, he ends up getting his name cleared that way. Now, I don't want them to do anything similar to that in in Spider Man Three because that is so anticlimactic. Because it'll have it'll have been two years since Far From Home came out. Two years that will have waited for like the resolution to this plot point. Yeah. I want it to be the main fucking thing. Well, not really. At this point, what I'm hoping for is it's not a really shitty, lazy attempt. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to let me word this all as clear as I can. I don't care how the movie is. All I care about is that they, they don't fuck with their own continuity and ruin it all. Because like so many sequel films have these plot holes in them and shit. And almost constantly they're ruined. Like, look at the Terminator sequels. Like, anytime they try to change the continuity because they, they fucked something up in the past, it just really ruins everything about that universe, like, from its very foundations. Yeah. And See, just... what I'm worried about is that, like, this movie has two main, like, things. Like, yeah. it's its main thing is dealing with Peter Parker being outed by Mysterio and concluding that in a satisfying way. And its thing is also introducing the, the multiverse, the spider verse, if you will. Yeah. It could go any, either any way at this point. And I'm just worried that it's not going to go the way I want it to. <laughs> and the way I want it to is just don't, turn it into terminator yeah I'm just, I'm just sick of seeing shows and movies i like turn into fucking terminator yeah off the top of my head like the i think the best way that they could do it and still have both of those things be their like thing is if they like 
throughout the runtime of the movie, right? Peter is outed. He's like on the run. And at the same time, there's this whole like multiverse stuff going on. Um, he has to like team up with the other versions of himself and, and Dr. Strange. And then, yeah. you know, they do their whole thing, whatever the plot is with that. But then at the end, Dr. Strange is like fixing everything up, tying up all the loose ends, like taking everyone back to their universe. And he's like, now, Peter, I can take you back to like before all this happened. And I can take you back to that day where you were swinging with MJ and 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 the the video came on the screen and he and he's like offering to somehow like intercept the video so it doesn't go public. Yeah. And and Spider-Man's like, yeah, go for it. And I that could be how they end it and kind of, you know, reset the timeline. I just do you think that would be satisfying, though? What? That that's how they end it. Yeah. Do you think that would be a satisfying end to that? issue because they that's that's there's only two ways that they can go with it right logically there's only two ways that they can go either they keep with the whole spider-man not being like a secret identity anymore and peter is now public or they have to somehow just backtrack and be like no it's actually not peter parker yeah or i guess this is a third way where the timeline literally resets Hmm. Yeah. The reset timeline would probably be more like feasible, really. Less just absolutely off the walls. Yeah. It's still just kind well, of off the walls though. is what this movie is shaping up to be. I mean, not off the walls in a good way. Like, like bad off the walls. Like having four fucking villains in one movie. And expecting it to work out good in the end. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Having don't four know. different characters with completely different plots be the main villains of a movie. That's the kind of level of off the walls I want to avoid. It's definitely, it's a challenge. It's going to be a challenge for them making, well, I guess... It was a challenge because the movie is, I guess, already written, right? Because they're going to be shooting it. But yeah, that's a that's a challenge of making that movie. Like, how how do you conclude that that storyline storyline story while also introducing an entirely new one? Yeah, and how do you make it satisfying and make sense? Yeah, I, I like your idea though a lot. The uh, the Doctor Strange one. Yeah, like. That would definitely work out pretty well. I know people will probably hate it though, just because it's like, ah, oh, they just they just glossed over it like that. And it's like, well, I mean, it's Doctor Strange, so yeah, yeah. I think they're also gonna tie it in somehow with WandaVision because I I remember when we were I think must have been like a year ago now in one of our episodes we were talking about WandaVision and how it's yeah. probably gonna tie in with Doctor Strange. That's probably what I'm getting mixed up. So yeah. those three things are related somehow. And oh, absolutely. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I trust the writers at Marvel to make it make sense. Yeah, I trust but them I mean, too. It's just I, I trust them to tie those two stories with the Spider-Verse storyline. But I don't I don't know how the whole Peter being outed thing fits into that without resetting the timeline. Yeah, that's the difficult part. 
by the way, I think if they do go with that, like the whole Peter being on the run and bringing in the Spider-Men, I think the title should be Spider-Man Homesick to keep with the whole home theme. I saw someone say homeless. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea of homesick because it fits on like multiple levels where like this Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, they're they're homesick for their dimension. And Tom Holland's uh, Peter Parker is homesick in the sense that he wants to go back to the way things were. Yeah. No, I see what you're So that is my at. pitch. Marvel, uh, if you're listening to this, hit me up. Let's exchange ideas. Marvel, my people will call your people. To this, hit me. <laughs> Marvel, if you're listening to this, I want to be, I want to be, I want to play a superhero. Yeah. Hit, hit me with a truck. I want to become Dr. Strange. <laughs> so um you want to close out the show with talking a little bit about uh boba fett and the and the mandalorian yes oh i almost forgot fuck yeah i do okay so uh uh fangirl fangirl and me really happy we got fucking boba fett back boys looks like they're doing legend shit too so like i've been in a fucking stupor going through a rabbit hole trying to figure out what they're doing with Boba Fett now and from the looks of it uh Boba Fett in Mandalorian is just combining a whole bunch of shit from legends yeah the the um like the code of ethics <clears throat> thing that's a new thing right because um no that's from an I old I was watching thing. I was watching a video about it and apparently like in the comics um I think like the recent comics that they did like in the last couple of years, like Boba Fett is like a ruthless killer. Yeah, he's a ruthless killer, but he does have a code of ethics, like certain targets and stuff. Like he looks at it like a, uh, well, I mean, like a bounty well, I mean, hunter it's, would. It's got to, it's got to depend on the adaptation, of course. Yeah. Because different writers have different ideas for the character and it's a very old character. So, you know, there, there's probably times where he does and doesn't have a code of ethics just depending on the writer but yeah you were telling me about his uh, his ethics though and they're some of them are rather like christian conservative right here is uh a couple of boba fett's main ethical shit first one boba fett oh me boba fett uh will not drink Oh my god, my stomach. I'm sorry. Does not drink alcohol or do drugs of any nature. Anything that could in, in uh what is it inhibit his vision or his uh his decision making skills and shit. Well, that's just a practical thing. That that I understand being a bounty hunter, being a uh, a man with enemies. Yeah. But uh he also uh, does not have sex with anyone unless he is uh, married and he frowns upon people that do it. That's where it gets a little weird for him, like being a bounty hunter and yeah. being like uh, just a guy like in space in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like, good to hear that they have sexual morality, I guess. It's just, I don't know, it just, it just seems so weird to think about. Killing people for money, awesome. Having sex before marriage, that's where we draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he thinks about prostitution. Cause like that's like sex before marriage. But it's the like the thing is though, it's just is having sex for money worse than killing for money? The thing See, that's that, where it like falls apart. 
the thing that gets to me about it though is uh boba fett though like in scenes in like uh return of the jedi like you're seeing like you know flirting with uh the slaves and shit like that he's like what he's gonna marry them real quick also just so it's not against his code of ethics like other parts of boba fett's code of ethics that uh are, are different because this one is from the book called like uh what was it, it was like boba fett last man standing or some shit like that but uh no another thing though is stuff that he learned from his father Django fett which is like their own the the fett code of ethics which is basically like uh just be a professional businessman and like yeah. lie to everyone <laughs> that's actually one of the things he says is like yeah boba if you're gonna be in this profession lie lie to everyone <laughs> no one needs to know what your true agenda is and it's like oh okay nice that reminds me though i um i think it's really uh like satisfying that they've finally answered the question once and for all is Django Fett a Mandalorian yes that's something I also really want to go into because this opens up another huge part in lore uh they answer the question of if Django Fett is a Mandalorian by canonizing the Jaster stuff uh to those who don't know who Jaster is he's a Mandalorian that uh is from Concord Dawn and uh he actually is uh, exiled from there. But uh, during that, he also like recruits Jango Fett, who is orphaned on Concordon. And uh, he trains him in the way of the Mandalorians and stuff. So Jango Fett is canonically a foundling, meaning that Boba Fett, who is a clone of Jango Fett, is also a foundling. Because he's also raised by Jango and trained by Jango. Just because he doesn't adopt the same creed as Mando doesn't mean he's not a Mandalorian. Because if you remember, Bo-Katan even said it herself. It's like, it's just different yeah, so, ways of doing so it. So is the, is the, is the child of a, of a foundling still considered a foundling or are they considered like, uh, a, just a, a full Mandalorian? I think this, I think technically they're full Mando because, uh, a foundling is a Mandalorian. It's just like a type of Mandalorian. Like foundlings yeah. are, they look down upon by like some of the uppity guys. Like for example, earlier in season one, there's Paz Vizsla, the heavy trooper Mandalorian, who's like, oh, you're a foundling, you're a little shit. And it's like, yeah, he's he's definitely yeah. one of those assholes. He's he's a fucking Vizsla for God's so, sake. So in a way, Boba Fett is more of a Mandalorian than than Din the Jaren. Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, right? And yet Boba Fett is like. He, do, he has his own code of ethics and honor and like he does do honor bound stuff like, you know, like in, in the show, they show him like actually like keep up like his end of the deal and stuff. But that's just because that's just shit Django taught him about like being a, a good bounty hunter. One of the things you do is like you 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 make sure your end of the contract is also kept up and stuff like that. It's like, Boba yeah, because you don't want to be the guy that owes something. Yeah. And on top of that, though, it's just like, you know, it's just good business. Like, yeah, Django fat. Yeah, he was. A but, bad he guy, also, but he did also he did also teach Boba to lie to everyone. Yeah. So <laughs> that brings into question. What are his real motivations for helping Din? Yeah, I think it was just the armor, to be honest on this one, because, you know, if I had a, a suit of armor that was my family heirloom that I lost, I yeah. probably want it back no matter what. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I guess that does fall under, like, keeping up his end of the bargain. Yeah, because, like, don't tell people the truth and stuff, like, about, like, uh, what was it? it was a saying Django said, like, a fet never reveals the whole truth or some shit like that. Yeah, but that's what I'm getting at, though. Like, like I'm I, sure I, he is he is trying to, like, uh, hold up his end of the of the bargain. I do think Boba by is saying, like, going, well, technically, I said I will guarantee the child's safety. But and so now he's in trouble. But I mean, he could have easily he could have just as easily said, like, fuck you. I'm done. I didn't kill the child. I got my armor. I'm out. So yeah. does he have some kind of ulterior motive for going with him? Yeah, I think he probably does just because, you know, Boba does have a history of working with the Empire. Uh, Empire Strikes Back wasn't the only time. Like, even in canonical, like, shit, he is he is seen throughout, like, the comics working for the Empire, doing missions for them and shit like that. So I do think he does have a side objective that he hasn't told anyone. Maybe he told uh, Fennec about it, but... I'm just excited to see Boba Fett back, though, because it's like all of the stuff. Do you think that, he'll like, betray uh, Din Djarin once they get to where the where uh, Gro- Grogu is held? I don't think he's going to betray him outright, but I do think at some point he's going to like double cross him or something. Yeah, because like, I mean, it could be that the Empire like hired him either after the fact uh after like the the last episode or before to be like hey you know get this guy off our tail yeah so like it could be like at the last second boba turns his guns on him maybe kind of like how uh what grief cargo was gonna do in the first season but at the same time though it's like that's the uh Carla Weathers' guy. The uh the marshal not marshal, the uh the governor kind of dude. The, the, is he the, the guy that the was Bounty like Hunter Guild. He's like Lando, but lamer. He's like Lando, so he's black, is what you're saying. No, he well okay, yeah, but he also like wears <laughs> a cape and like is always like yeah, trying I, to dress exquisitely and shit. Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. The guy <laughs> that was like giving him the jobs. Yeah, the the leader of the bounty hunters guild on uh yeah. uh fuck, what's it called? The planet that might as well be Tatooine. Yeah, the the next desert planet. The one where the jaw was there wear like dark clothes and have red eyes. Which is just c- even more confusing. Yeah. Are they Sith Jawas? Let's talk about the evil Jawas for a second. What? (laughs) Like, what are they? Huh? They're just called off-world Jawas, but clearly they're a different subset of a species. Well, that's kind of weird, because, like, Jawas evolved specifically on Tatooine, right? And they don't have space travel, do they? Unless they, like, hitched a ride with like someone else at the cantina it's in, well i mean i think jawas are capable of space travel but it's just like why would you go to space well it's like they're primarily land-based and they're they they're just kind of fine doing what they're doing yeah but it's just like at the same time it's like are, is there really that big of a market for them like outside of tatooine because it's like they're scavengers. Their whole thing is they sell to like extremely poor individuals. Like, yeah, I don't they know. They want to turn a profit on that. Yeah. Back to Boba Fett, though. Like, 
there's a there's a couple different options for where he his character could go. And the thing is, though, since they're canonizing a whole bunch of legend stuff, it also makes it even more confusing. Like, because a lot of the legend stuff contradicts like who he is in canon stuff. Because in canon, he's a he's an imperial. He works for the empires and he does a whole bunch of shit for them. But in legends, they always make him out that he's against the empire and only works for them like begrudgingly. It's like, I. Th- I just don't know where he'd stand on everything. Well, the general vibe that I get from him is that when he works for the Empire, it's just a job and they pay him well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of times that's where he does it. But like when it actually comes down to his morals and st- and shit, like I don't know like where he'd go with it. It's just. Yeah. What do you think of the possibility of him ending up ruling Mandalore? Boba Fett? Yeah, Boba I Fett. Th- I think that's where they're going. Him or Bo-Katan are going to rule Mandalore. I know. I know Bo-Katan is trying to get the dark saber so she can rule. Now, is that like a power thing or is that like a it symbolic? Is... Like, I need this as like my crown. Both. Uh, the, the he the person who uh, holds the dark saber is because it's the, the Mandalore's like lightsaber. That was the actual character. Mandalore's like signature weapon was the oldest lightsaber, the dark saber. Yeah. But uh, it's it's more of like uh, both a symbol of authority and just because it's like uh, it's like a prophecy thing. It's like a crown, basically. It's like a, a true Mandalorian it's like he who leader. holds the dark saber rules Mandalore, basically. Okay. That's why uh, that's why Maul took it when he uh, took over Mandalore in the cartoon. That's why uh, Pre Vizsla had the uh, really good stake on the on the throne of Mandalore with a whole bunch of the warrior cast uh, guys because he had the dark saber and like all, a lot of Mandalorians still follow like a, a bit bits and pieces like different versions of the way of the Mandalore who also yeah. never took off his helmet and that's why the children of the watch are so fanatical about that no like, um, I don't know like what happened with Mandalore, like post Clone Wars? I don't know if you know. Uh, um, post Clone Wars, basically, what happened is like I know, uh, I know Darth Maul like started ruling because he had the dark saber and he was in charge of them. Yep. But then, then there's the siege, which is in season seven where they break it. Right. Okay. So then, then, who's uh, ruling at that point? At that point, no that's one when is. that's when Maul fucks off and becomes a crime lord, right? Yeah. At that okay. point, there's uh, it's unclear who the ruler is. It's not Bo-Katan or any of them, though, because that's later on. Yeah, and I know Bo-Katan uh, is trying to get the Darksaber and rule Mandalore. I th- if, I, if I remember correctly, I think what it is is Imperial occupation happens at that point. The Republic like has a military force uh, set there. Okay. And then Order 66 happens, and it becomes a galactic Imperial planet. And then during Rebels, Bo-Katan and the the chick that's a Mandalorian with the kids. I forget what the fuck her name is. Sabine or something like that. Uh, her and Bo-Katan help unite the Mandalorians. And Sabine has the Darksaber but gives it to Bo-Katan because Bo-Katan is clearly str- better suited to lead because A, she's in charge of her own clan and B, she's not 18 yeah <laughs> so uh that happens Bo-Katan at that point becomes uh the Mandalore of Mandalore and then after that it's the amazing Imperial. title by the way yeah. the Mandalore of Mandalore was a man named Mandalore who knew call back to the first episode by the way the the very first episode of this podcast talking about 
the Mandalorian like lore. Uh, it gets even more insane. I think I mentioned it back there, but the it's not just the planet that's named Mandalore. The, that, that, that system, that segment of the galaxy is called Mandalore. The Mandalore of Mandalore of Mandalore. Is named Mandalore. I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I fucking hate it so much. Mandalore but, uh, to the fifth power. Yeah. When they finally conquer the whole galaxy, they just rename it to Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so you know, it, so it goes under imperial occupation and then and then the rebels empire happens. falls no 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 no. because like what happens in is uh it is during rebels uh sabine and bo-katan get mandalore back and sabine not sabine and bo-katan for a little bit unites the mandalorians and actually like becomes mandalore for a bit and then it's the mandalorian scourge which is uh the Imperials launched another attack on Mandalore to just fuck them up and shit. Cause like, you know, Mandalore's got all that uh that precious Beskar, which is impervious to both blaster fire and also uh lightsaber attacks. So the Empire decides that they want that planet back, so they just send a whole like fleet there and just literally decimate them in a matter of moments. Yeah. By the way, Beskar posed or uh Resistant to blasters and uh, and lightsabers, as opposed to what the Empire is currently using for armor, which isn't even resistant to a guy with a stick. Yeah, and somehow the Empire are able to slaughter them, but it's mostly because Mandalore still has a whole lot of civilian populace. Most yeah. of the the actual Mandalorian clans, the warrior clans, tend to like roam the galaxy. Especially yeah, I know. I know Mandalore was like pacifist uh, during the Clone Wars, except for like yeah. Death Watch. There's two uh, like casts for it. It's like the diplomatic Mandalores, which are like the the civilians basically, and then there's the warrior cast, which are the uh, which are the Boba Fett's, the ones that everyone likes because they're the cool badass guys, and they're basically yeah, they just wear space the armor. Vikings. Yeah, but uh, so. Basically, the seeds was just a huge war crime, but they they were able to hit the Mandalorians hard, take all the Beskar they could and slaughter most of them, which resulted in many of the clans fleeing from Mandalore and, uh, you know, living out the rest of their lives on different planets where we see the children of the watch in season one. Uh, what happened to the other ones, I'm not sure, but I assume it's the same fate, except for Bo-Katan, who managed to get a little bit of a military group going. So that's Mandalorian lore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's just... What was the question again? You wanted Boba Fett to become Mandalore? Yeah, um, yeah, I was I th- just wondering, yeah. like, in it legend, seems like they're going like it seems like Bo-Katan and Boba Fett are both on track to possibly lead Mandalore. And see, I don't think Boba Fett really wants to be the leader of Mandalore because like he, in Legends, he was the leader of Mandalore and all that stuff. But at the same time, though, he still did his own thing. He still liked being Boba Fett. He's like doing the bounty hunter shit because that's what he you know, that's what he's his, that's the family business. Like Boba Fett's allegiances are less towards the Mandalorian people and more towards his father. So, right. If it's it's like if it's what man if it's what uh, Jango would have done, Boba would have done it. So yeah. So um, 
he probably joined the resistance group though, just because, like, you know, but uh, Jango Fett did fight in the civil wars and stuff like that. Yeah. So possibly what they could do is like Bo-Katan is like is trying to uh, trying to get the dark saber to rule Mandalore. Boba Fett's along with them, like, you know, still trying to keep the child safe and stuff. And, and then um, he, uh, he throws a lightsaber back to Gideon. <laughs> like, sorry, he paid me money. I have to. No, I was going to say, like, it could be possible that, like, Bo-Katan is, like, you know, getting the Darksaber, but, like, she dies in, in combat. And Boba Fett's like, I guess I owe it to my father and, and to the Mandalorian people to to take the Darksaber and, and lead. Nah, and well, I kind of want... The, le- the leader. But no, I was going to mention though earlier. So since Moff Gideon has the dark saber at the moment, doesn't that make him technically the ruler of Mandalore? That makes yes. him the Mandalore. That's why they're so uh, keen on trying to get it back. Because without that, uh, any idea of power to the warrior cast would be considered invalid. Right. They won't consider Moff Gideon the leader, though, because he didn't take it in fair combat. Because, you know, he he laid a siege on a planet and then butchered the people and stole whatever he felt like. Like he sent troopers to secure the location instead of going there himself. Yeah. So I'm just trying to work out the timeline. So the so Maul is ruling Mandalore. He's the Mandalore of Mandalore of Mandalore in the Mandalorian system. Yep. (laughs) And um, then the Empire takes over. No, it's uh, the Republic Siege of Mandalore in which they break Republic Maul. Siege of Mandalore. Maul yep, that's in season to... seven. Yep. Then uh, Order sixty six. So then, who has the dark saber at that point? Um, I think the dark saber falls in possession. <sighs> no, okay, I think I know what happens. I'm trying to remember. I think Clan Wren, which is where Sabine comes from, takes it in. And then they get displaced by the Empire, which is why Sabine has it in Rebels. I, I haven't seen Rebels that much, so my knowledge on that kind of stuff is a bit, you know, it's it's a bit fuzzy. But I believe what happens is Clan Wren has a leader in it, and Sabine is like the daughter of them. And right. then the siege, and then like, you know, Order 66 happens... Uh, Ren gets displaced uh, along with a bunch of them. Like it's still, uh, it's still mostly like the normal people there, though. The warrior clans, most of them have left because they side with the separatists and stuff like that. So then after that, uh, then it's Bo-Katan and Ren getting the the first Mandalorian resistance set up, and then. Oh, pardon me. And then after that, it's uh fucking Gideon's thing. Now, this is happening before the Empire's fall, by the way. Moff Gideon's thing, he's not Moff at that point. He's not uh he he's not in charge. I forget what he was. He's an ISP agent. He's one of the uh the Imperial Secret Police. Yeah. But uh, he's an ISP agent at that point. Who he comes up with the idea for it, I think, and that's how they were able to figure out how he got uh, ranked up so quickly. And then the fall of the Empire, in which uh, like 
what happened to the Mandalorians when they split up is what happens to the Empire and they all become separate bands with warlords and shit. You know, like feudal Japan. Yeah. So uh, Moff Gideon becomes his own warlord, leading yeah. the people that he led during the Mandalorian scourge. And at that point, he has uh, the Darksaber at that point because he already, you know, did the scourge. He gets it from Bo-Katan. He doesn't kill her, though, for some reason. Hmm. I'm guessing she escapes before then. But the uh, Empire do get their hands on it and then fucking Gideon gets it. And then Mandalorian happens. Okay. And now we're all caught up with the lore. Cool. Yep. And right now, uh, there is the clan Kriz, which is Bo-Katan's clan, is trying to reclaim the Darksaber to get her back in place as Mandalore. Yeah. Like, she's the leader of the Resistance, but she's not the leader of Mandalore. Because, like, you know, the warrior right. clan's weird honor shit. Yeah, yeah, we went over that. Um. So yeah, that was a whole lot of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> we lore. said the word Mandalorian so many times it hurts. <laughs> that was a lot of man- ugh, lore. Uh, <laughs> basically, just to say Boba Fett is cool and he's back, and that's awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love though that he has a dad bot now. Oh yeah, thick Boba thick, Fett is thick the representation. best. Representation, I like it. Finally, now people can stop insulting the uh, the people that are overweight during Mandalorian cosplay. If it's cool when Boba does it, it should be cool when they do it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one of those annoying things I see a lot of people complaining about that when there's the Mandalorian parades. It's like, I'm not, I'm not upset because i'm a heavy set individual because i'm fucking fat myself but uh it's just upsetting to see because it's just like the whole point of the, the like mandalorians is just like they're the the cool guys of star wars and shit like what the fuck is all this about like they're, they're, they're basically space vikings and i can tell you vikings aren't exactly tall lanky individuals they don't look like yeah. fucking Cobb vanth they look like thick fat yeah that's the thing if you're a <laughs> warrior and you're like laying siege or whatever whatever warriors do they have a, like like you're not always gonna have or need like a a, a a lean body type especially though it's like if you look at it because mandalorians are all about strength and stuff like the strongest survives yeah. and shit like that uh, look at world's strongest men. The strongest ones tend to be really, really fat and also really, really buff because they have a diet that's essentially they eat 500 steaks every day because they need so much protein God to damn, maintain that, that mess. <laughs> but no, it's serious. Yeah. It's like the amount of uh, yeah, they never like have intake. the Nutrisystem body type. Yeah, they have the uh, I, I pillaged an entire village and ate everyone body type yeah and it's like you know that's a that's the body type i'd imagine mandalorians to have like the commandos definitely would be thinner but like again the heavy trooper and shit like that those guys they'd they'd be fucking thick as hell oh yeah for sure but yeah it's just it's just annoying to see that though because it's like 
it's the Star Wars fandom. I think everyone in it is a bit fat. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> like we sit all we sit on our asses all day reading the sacred texts. <laughs> I yeah, haven't exercised sure. in an eon. Yeah, there's surprisingly like well, I was going to say there's surprisingly few like fat Jedi, but I guess it makes sense. Like the, the, at least the ones that are like running around doing stuff, like it makes sense. Like they, they're primarily like acrobatic and stuff. So I guess yeah, it makes and sense also, that they like, would be thinner. Jedis are supposed to be like, like kind of like monks and stuff. And a lot of monks tend to have that whole like fasting stuff. Like they don't eat because it like helps them get to enlightenment and shit. So I, I wouldn't be too surprised if that's in the Jedi Creed somewhere. Don't have to eat if you have your brain suspended inside of a spider droid. Exactly. See, the Bomar monks have exactly the right idea. <sighs> wanna we you must wanna return to Bomar. We must return to Spood. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Alex, they became crab. Progress to crab. Progress pro, progress to crab, discover reality. <laughs> no, the last thing I want to talk about though is like just before we close it out, I just want to talk about how like fucking ruthless Boba Fett is against the oh, stormtroopers. It is amazing. <laughs> I've never seen their armor shatter I like want- that. I want to gush about this he because I fucking them. love this. Uh, one of my favorite things in actual history are warrior clans and stuff like that. I love reading about their history, like their beliefs and shit. Uh, the guy that plays uh, Boba Fett and Jango Fett, Tamara Morrison, is part of the Maui, uh, one of the Maui war clans. And like... What he did to help incor- like incorporate some of his culture into the character of Boba Fett is, you know, when he's beating them with the gaffy stick. Yeah, he's actually using Maui warrior training and shit like a lot of their martial arts. That's actually like I fucking something love that, that I never noticed. Like I, I knew that um, I knew that he was from New Zealand, but I never like thought about how like, oh, he looks like actually like indigenous, like. Oh yeah, no, he's he's got roots. I think he's like fifty percent. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, ha, like I never noticed how much that like how much that ties into the character that he's playing, coming from the the Maori um, like warrior clan. He's even doing like their their uh, their signature war face the entire time. He's beating people to death with a fucking stick. I love it. <laughs> But uh, I really hope they keep that with Boba Fett because he worked really well with it. That uh, that spear staff, the gaffy stick. Yeah, that's he hit them so hard. He literally shattered one's head. I know that's like I felt bad for the stormtroopers, to be honest. <laughs> My favorite part like, that's is that's a when, uh... way worse fate than like getting a lightsaber slashing through you. My favorite part is when they finally used his knee rockets. Yes. Were those ever canon? Like, was that something that was used at any point? In one of the very first Star Wars, like, uh, like, picture-nary book things, it's like picture vocabulary or whatever you call them. 
it mentions that Boba Fett has all over his body several weapons hidden on him, including spurs in his shoots that shoot spikes out like what Ara Singh has and kneecap rockets. That's awesome. Uh, just like Django Fett, because it's his armor, the gauntlets have tiny like Batman knives hidden inside of them. Uh, the flamethrower and also blaster attachment, which is never shown uh, until now, which also makes me happy. I really am happy they're showing off all of his arsenal now. Yeah. Uh, the rocket. I, I do like the added detail, though, that the back the jetpack is still malfunctioning. How he aimed for the other one and it hit the wrong one. Yes. It's like, God, um, you, you need to get new gear, man. <laughs> Nice shot. I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> that almost makes it more badass, though. Yeah, even when he fucks up, like, he's he doing great. He accidentally, like, did the best shot. Yeah. I think they did that, though, just so it looked cool. And also it explains that, yeah, Boba Fett's badass. It's just his gear that's faulty. Because, <laughs> like, again, episode six. Oh, God, episode six. Like, the canonical opinion on that is that Boba Fett was drunk the whole time. Which, if they're going that by... That makes uh, sense. The problem is, though, if they're going to do the, 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 like the moral code he has in Last One Standing, that means that Boba Fett broke one of his only rules. <laughs> Last One Standing, that's... Is... That's the one where he's, like, super conservative for some reason. Okay, so that takes place before Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Oh. The last one standing is just Boba Fett's backstory. It's 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 from is like, that is that canon or is that legend? It's is legends. that something from legends that they're bringing back? I we don't know. Uh, people think it is because it, it's one of the one of the mentions where it's like, oh, this is Boba Fett's whole whole backstory and everything. Okay. And it's like it was made after the but like uh, as the as it is stuff. like prior to this episode that was considered legends. Yes. So okay. So uh, my idea that I. I think I heard this somewhere, but my idea is that after the whole Sarlacc incident, that's when he got his whole like moral Shit code together. set up, like situated. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, this is a horrible you know, situation to be in. My previous decision making <laughs> did not work out very well. It got me to this point, and I think it's time to reevaluate. I see. I like the idea more, though, of like, it, he still has the same moral compass and stuff. It's just that he's literally a like true neutral kind of person. He's just in it for the money. Or in this case, like his actual gear. Yeah. I do like him being more of a hero character, though, because like, you know, even though Jango Fett was a bad dude, he did do a lot of stuff like in the best interest for both him, his son and also his people. And it's like, I can respect that in a dude. Even if he, you know, is a really evil guy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, that was the last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up. I'm just going to say this. We've been recording quick, for a while. For two hours and 15 minutes and 35 seconds. But uh, before we wrap up, though, I just want to say this. I can't wait for Boba Fett to shoot a poison dart into Fennec's neck. Who is that again? That's the chick that he's teamed up with. Oh. Are you talking about the person Jango Fett murdered? <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about like, you know, that. 
It's like, oh, I, I just like doing what my dad did. Hey, Fennec, hold this for me. Uh, I can't wait, though. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Anyway, um, thank you, everyone, for listening to Bold of You to Say. Um, we appreciate you uh, dedicating your time to this show. Um, if you like today's episode, uh, if you're listening on YouTube, leave a like. Uh, subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Share with a friend that you think will like the show, even if you personally didn't like it. Share it with everyone you know. Chances are someone will like it. Follow us on social media. We'll have our Twitter and uh, other stuff linked down below. Um, I'll put my OnlyFans down there. Yeah, I'll have uh, <laughs> I'll have stuff related to what we talked about linked under additional resources, like uh, a video from the Ink Tank going over the timelines and stuff. I think I said that it'll be linked. Anyway, yeah, that's where you'll you'll find it at the bottom under additional resources. And uh, yeah, just have a good day or night whenever you're listening to this. But it does have to be night. It has to be between the hours of 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. We've already yeah. under. Uh, we've I'm already sorry, it's it's this. canon. I, I if I see a single blip that is off time, I will go to your house and pee in your pants. And that's that's a guarantee. You that's a promise. Dirty boys. And uh, oh, also keep an eye out for next week's episode. If all goes according to plan, it'll be our Christmas special recorded entirely in VR chat. So that oh, one yeah. you'll want to watch on YouTube for if you're if that sounds interesting to you. Otherwise, we will of course have the audio version up on uh, Spotify. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple, whatever, iTunes. Apple Watch. <laughs> Apple Watch. Listen on your new AirPods Max. Hey, listen on I your saw, Which I saw released. I saw the trailer for the AirPods Max earlier. They're ridiculous. But that's another topic for another time. Next. Thank tomorrow. you for listening. This has been Bold of You to Say. I am your host, Alex Myers. I am your co-host. Uh, I don't know. Signing out. Have a good one. Where am I? All right. That was a good one. That we was fun. Oh, I forgot to say we did it. Reddit. Another we episode. Did we did it. Reddit. We did it. Reddit.